morning, everyone. It is a pleasure, I should say, to do this, because I'm usually leading singing. I'd much rather be doing that, but it's time to get out of the comfort zone, isn't it? I want to thank the elders for the opportunity uh, and trusting me to bring God's word to you this morning. I've, I can speak for my family. We have high regard for the leadership here, and we love you guys all very much. So we thank you for welcoming us in. It's been about a year and a half now, and uh, truly, truly happy with what's going on here and the things that they are doing to protect us flock. This morning, I want to talk about these, our hands. Our hands do a lot of things. They may perform a surgery. They grab a smashed thumb when you hit it with a hammer or a toe when you stub it in the middle of the night when you're walking in the dark. Um, we can use our hands to hug somebody, right? We talked about that this morning. Um, they build something. They can build things, furniture, houses, buildings. We can even hurt someone with our hands, can't we? So this morning, that's what we're going to talk about is idle hands. When I was running a tire store back in Albuquerque, I could always tell when October and November would come around. I would have a guy that would run my retread shop. He would come and complain to me of what another employee was not doing. Don't look at my hands now because I'm going to be waving them a lot. Okay. Uh, and yes, that was our beginning of our slow time. And yet he would come and complain about what other people weren't doing, which told me he did not have enough to do. So I would find things for him to do. A few years ago, Dodge had a commercial called Never Neutral. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I wrote an article on it. I do write articles too, Don, every once in a while. Love, I love Don's articles. They're very good. If you guys haven't read this morning's, you need to read it. So their emphasis is on never neutral. That means you're either going forward or you're going backwards. You know, you might have the prettiest car, 1970 Chevelle, right, Mr. Sparks? Beautiful car. If you haven't seen his car, you need to look at it. Jared and I went to the Good Guys Car Show about a year ago, and there's a lot of beautiful cars there. Man, they look fast. You could eat off the engine. They're so clean. But if they don't have a transmission, they're idle. They're not going anywhere. So, again, we'll look at our transmission later, okay? Some of you might have heard the phrase, idle hands or the devil's workshop. I would propose to you Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 18. Because of the laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. My wife and my kids, they were little, but I remember our first house. It wasn't that big. It might have been all of maybe 1,300 square feet. But as a starter house, that's exactly what it was, was a starter house. And we were fixing stuff, 
constantly fixing stuff. And when you get ready to sell the house, you really start fixing stuff. So Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 18, if you're lazy, you better make sure you're getting that house in order. We're going to spend most of our time this morning in Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 6 through 11 talking about the ant. I want to read that because that's what God tells us to consider as far as laziness. Consider the ant. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber? O sluggard, when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep? So shall your poverty come to you like a prowler, and when you need them like an armed man. Some lessons that we might be able to learn from the ant. Doesn't have a captain or a boss. You ever studied on ants, Austin? I know you like ants. He did, a, he did an invitation on ants not too long ago. And I'm like, well, you're playing into my hands, Austin. I don't like ants either. But I can tell you some things thanks to Google. There's 12 thousand different kinds of ants. That's scary in itself. Did you know that an ant can lift 20 times its weight? Did you know that ants work together? Did you know they move dirt? They have to, right? You know they collect food. You know they build bridges. Do you know they feed the queen? Now in all this, do you think those ants have a meeting every morning to say, oh, here's what you're going to do, and here's what you're going to do. You're going to build bridges today, and you're going to move the dirt, you're going to feed the... They don't do that. I set sales meetings every month for my salespeople because I want them to have those goals. Yeah, they might be out there a little bit, but at least they're aiming for something. Ants don't have those kind of meetings. They just, it's inbred into them. Hence why the proverb tells us to study the ant. So, application. If the ant has no captain, but it knows what to do, how much better are we for having the leadership that we have here and having a God who gives us an instruction book on what to do every day? If we study, we should already know that this is our guidebook. And like the ant, we should, not, we should learn not to complain. And we, when we find ourselves idle, without that transmission, which tire guys like to say, where the rubber meets the road, find ourselves not complaining. Because you know what complaining gives us. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. So the ant provides, right? And when we consider the ant and how it provides for the colony, we can learn a lot. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
I guess the question here this morning is, what is his own means? Well, when we consider it to our immediate family, we need to provide for our own house, right? The food, the clothing. But let's take it a step further than that. What about our Christian family? We talked about community building, the food, the clothing, support, physically, spiritually. When a brother is in need, we need to step up, get out of our idle couch, and do something about it. Or when financial aid is necessary. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. We've read this verse quite a bit. Talking about those who had just believed. They were together. And they sold all their possessions. And their goods. And they divided it among themselves. As anyone had need. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6 says, But we command you, O brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he has received from us. For you yourselves ought to know, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, that we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but we worked with labor and toil night and day, so we might not be a burden to any of you. You see how the apostles worked? So they wouldn't bother anybody? Not because we do not have authority, but we make ourselves an example on how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. And I want to tell you this morning, yes, that's talking about physical labor, but why can't we translate that into spiritual labor? We have the examples of the apostles who worked diligently. The disciples, they worked diligently. And they did not want to be a burden. Do you feel like you're a burden? We have an example of how God has provided for His people. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 40. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. God has provided a better way for us, sending His Son to die on the cross. And I thank God for that every day because I don't know that I could kill a lamb or a goat and then realize it had a blemish and start all over again. He sent His Son to die on the cross for us so we would not have to offer a yearly sacrifice. He did it one time for all. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27. Who does not need daily as though the high priest to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for his people. For he did once for all when he offered up himself. Just think, this morning, how God has provided for you, not just physically, but spiritually. I don't know that we think the elders enough. 
for what they do for us. I don't know that we thank our fellow Christians enough for what they do for us. I don't want to be a burden to you guys. I don't want to be a spiritual burden to you guys. I want to uplift. I want to hold you up. So application. We need to provide for our own families. We need to provide for our church family. I know that I would not want to be called worse than an unbeliever. Because that tells me exactly where I'm going. So, back to the ant. A couple things. Is there a work ethic? We talked about that just for a little bit. I look for a couple of things when I hire somebody as a salesperson. Some of you might be salespeople here. I know Stan is. I look for a good attitude. I don't need an Eeyore attitude. You can just take yourself right out the door if you're going to have an Eeyore attitude. Next thing I look for is a good work ethic. That's something that's inbred. It's hard to teach. Sorry, millennials. I'm lucky. I was lucky to have a grandfather. I'm lucky to have a dad that both taught me a good attitude sometimes and a great work ethic. I always like to tell the story. My dad was a plumber. He'd be like, son, clean out that ditch. 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour cleaning out that ditch. Just dirt flying everywhere. And there he's just nice, steady, <laughs> going at it. Five minutes, guess who was worn out? 14 years old, I'm going to outdo dad. No. Steady Eddie, he kept going. Had to come behind me and clean up my mess. Good work ethic. Yes, he kept digging. And I'm on the side. I think he was in his mid-40s, like I am now, and he's out working a 14-year-old. It's, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You need to remember that. <laughs> Psalms chapter 128 and verse 2. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 9 through 12, it says, What profit has the worker from, which, from that which he has labors? I have seen the God-given task with the sons of men are able to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, except that no one find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat, drink, and enjoy the good from all his labor. It is the gift of God. You see someone come to Christ. You can rejoice, right? 
When I saw my kids baptized, it was a rejoiceful moment. It was because not just my labors with them, it was because of my wife's, it was because of my parents, because of her parents, because of all the fellow Christians that were around them. It was a rejoicing moment. And that was labor. Phys- not phys- but physical, but yet spiritual at the same time. We can enjoy in the fruit of our labor, not just physically, but spiritually. We know that the angels rejoice over one who is saved, right? Luke chapter 15 and 10 and James chapter 5 and verse 20. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23, In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25, The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. Application. When we work in all aspects of life, we should do it as unto who? As unto the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do it from the heart for the Lord and not for the people. You know that you will receive an inheritance as a reward. You serve the Lord Christ. So, if we don't like our job, our physical job, why are you doing it for? Just to make money? We look at it from the spiritual sense. If you don't like being a Christian, what are you here for? If you don't like seeing someone baptized or someone realizing they're in sin and they come forward and they ask forgiveness of sins, if you don't Rejoice in that moment. What are you here for? In conclusion, it's a long conclusion, but there's a conclusion to all of this. What do idle hands give you? Complaining? You're getting nowhere because no one really likes to listen to complaining, do they? Number three, a chance for the devil to take over. Let me tell you something. He does not need our help. We talked about the levels of Satan, and it's scary. And he does not need our help. You know what Mitch says? If you're placing membership, and Mitch, I remember it clearly. After we were all said and time, it's all said and done, time to get to work. I loved it. Love that phrase, time to get to work. Put a charge on me. Time to get to work. This lesson's not for y'all, it's for me. Time to get to work. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. What a thought. So, a few questions I need to ask myself this morning. Where's the transmission? Right, Dave? Where's that transmission at? Where does the rubber meet the road? Does the rubber meet the road? I watch a lot of car shows, and man, I'm telling you, 
They eat neat cars, but if there ain't no transmission in them things, they're not going anywhere. What are we going to do about it? I need to get off my 2020 couch, put down the Pringles, right, and get to work. Be a teacher of God's Word. Don't be a couch potato. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Not some, not just a portion, all. Where there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. All of your might. God has promised us eternal life. We just got to let him give it to us. Take out your songbooks. Jared has selected 820 for the closing song. I want to I leave you with James chapter 2 and verse 18. Because we all know what James chapter 2 and verse 18 says. But some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But you, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? This morning, if you realize that you're sitting idle, we ask you to Put the rubber to the road. Let's get to work as we stand and as we sing.